coming up. The answer to your home improvement question. You have an age-old problem, don't you, Tracy? It's really, really ugly paneling. <laughs> I've been having a lot of water problems also. We had to tear out a bathroom. What I was wondering, does he... And we're looking at replacing our roof. No. Good afternoon. How y'all doing? Y'all caught me with a paint roller in my hand. Well, put down the paint roller and pick up the phone because it's time for the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show with Tom Kreitler and Leslie Segretti. Call 1-888-MONEY-PIT now. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Call us with your home improvement question right now. You'll get the answer and a chance to win a great prize because we're giving away the Ryobi Multitasket. This hour, it's worth 50 bucks. Call us right now, one 888 Money Pit. So, Leslie, um, I've been uh, you know moseying around my own Money Pit. And, and what have you found? You know how we're always recommending the braided steel hoses for like washing machines as being like the most durable option. Okay, what what happened? Well, I have braided steel hoses in uh, for my kitchen sink, and I've noticed that the rubber hoses beneath them have blistered right through the steel. <laughs> oh. It looks like a blister about to break, and it's going to flood the entire first floor of my house. So what are you going to do? i got to replace them, but I was very disappointed because here we are telling people that that's the best hose to get, and it probably is, and I've never seen one break down until today. Yeah, and now you're eating your words. I am. I mean, I am. they look very, very cool, and I'm always trying to figure out what other projects can I make out of it. You know, can I make interesting drawer pulls? You like can the I... artistic version. I think, I think they're beautiful. Like, I think there's something very attractive about them, not to mention that they're super functional. Yeah, so do as we say. Once in a while, do as we do. <laughs> <laughs> so but now you're going to have a major project on your hands. Uh, it's not that bad. They're they're just, you know, easy to unscrew and easy to replace. But you, know, right, but you better drag, do it before it happens. i got to do it before it happens. I'm going to drag all of the uh, soaps and everything else that is uh, stored by the family under the kitchen sink, and i got to squeeze my large body into a small cabinet. And, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be pretty, but it'll get done. <laughs> <laughs> so whether your home improvement project is pretty or not, call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. We've got a great show in store for you. Fabulous guests coming up. Yeah, we've got a great guest. We've got Joan Cohn. She is a bathroom designer, and she's going to tell us on what's all luxurious and not so much luxurious anymore, but almost a necessity, how people are really starting to make their bathrooms a wonderful place to escape and worthy of the rich and famous and even worthy of the everyday folks. So good ideas from her to have a wonderful, relaxing bathroom experience. Bathrooms, I think, are some of the hardest rooms to redecorate because they're small. So it's not like you have a lot of room to work with. They can be small. Plus, if you only have one in your house, what exactly do you do when you're about to undergo a renovation? Yeah, can't take it out of service. No, I always joke that we only have one, you know, one full bath. And I always say, gosh, if we were ever to do something, I know we'd be showering at the gas station down the road. <laughs> like, hey, do you mind if we just come in for a minute? We won't be long. 888-666-3974. Call us with your home improvement question. Let's go to the phones. Mitchell in Florida finds the money pit on WWBA in Tampa. And how can we help you? 
Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. You're so welcome. What's on your mind? Well, uh, my wife would like me to put in a greenhouse, and uh, I'd like some ideas on how to build a nice but not too large greenhouse. Is it going to be a standalone greenhouse, Mitch, or is it going to be like attached to your house? It will actually be a standalone, but close to the house unless you recommend otherwise. Okay. Well, that's a fun project. I mean, it's basically a, a shed with glass walls. And um, so the first thing that you need to do is to prep the soil and create a good foundation for that. And, you know, you need to check zoning on this because the best thing for you to do is to actually put a shallow footing in and some concrete block and form a very level, solid, even foundation wall all around the outside of that. Well, also, you would want to do that because you need to make sure it's environmentally stable, especially with the weather that they get down there. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So that's the first thing that you need to do. So, I mean, this is a lot of work. This is like building a shed or well, building also, a, a aren't small there some, house. Aren't there some prefabricated greenhouse kits out there? Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, you may be able to find a prefabricated kit that's going to be a lot easier and a lot less expensive for you to buy and install than doing it yourself. That is a great idea. I, uh, the genesis for the idea came from a relative. We went to visit somebody overseas, and he had an elaborate greenhouse. And, of course, I'm not familiar with their codes, with, with their building codes, but, but it, it was the genesis for the idea, and I couldn't wait to get back to begin building the, 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 the groundwork for that project. Well, I think these prefab greenhouses are probably the best way to go. And then what you need to sort of do to make it a little bit more stable for your area is check out what the hurricane codes are to make sure that if in the event of a strong wind, this is going to stay where it belongs. Yeah, you don't want it to be picked up and tilted over. So that's why it has to be connected straight through to a solid foundation because it could become airborne. I mean, look at what happens to all of those uh, screen rooms around the pools down there when the winds come through. Guys, that's great information. I really appreciate it. I will follow up, and if I have any questions, I will give you a call back. All right, Mitch, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Walter in Florida wants to talk about framing a house and what tools are best. So have you started the project yet, or are you getting ready to? I'm just getting into the uh, the trade. I've been in for about four months now, and I've got all my hand tools, and I'm contemplating which uh, which brand and, and what voltage to go with. And I'm not, you know, I've okay. talked to a bunch of guys, but I was just wondering what y'all had to say about it. Well, if you're a professional, then I would recommend you look at the rigid line of tools, R-I-D-G-I-D. Yeah, their framing nailer is really nice. The, Leslie uses rigid stuff all the time on why you're out. Well, I really like them, and, and the... The compressor-generated tools, the pneumatic tools, have such wonderful features that really make them user-friendly, especially when you're, you know, up high on a ladder or in a precarious situation. It kind of keeps everything that you need on you. It has an interesting hook where you can hang it off your tool belt. All of the, you know, the rapid-fire to single-fire, that little switch is right at your fingertip at the trigger. And the point where the... Um, tool attaches to the air hose has like a swivel head on it and while once or twice I've caught my hand in it it really is helpful in the fact that as I'm reaching around it sort of gives and goes with me so I think they've done a lot of great advancements in their design and that's all happened really recently so and they're really durable you'd recommend the air hoses instead of the pass load um, um, tools well I like I like pneumatic tools okay. but I'm not a framer okay 
What about um, you, Tom? What about the well, now, when it comes to nailing, you, I would use the battery power, not the air hoses, because you don't want to drag the hoses around. I think is what you're asking, correct, Walter? Yeah, as far as using uh, yeah. pass load or, or, or air hose, just for... Right. I, I would recommend, for, for that, I would use battery. Yes, I also asked about voltage. The bigger yeah. the battery, the longer the runtime. Well, also, the heavier framing, the tool is. Well, it's also heavier, but you know what? When you're framing, you can't get power. You know, getting power is, is sometimes a challenge. You've got to run off a generator, or, you know, or you've got to run long cords. So uh, I, would, I would always probably opt for the bigger the voltage because you're going to have more power, get more job done. Well, I know that DeWalt makes an 18-volt line that a lot of people use, and I was wondering about that because a lot of people use the 18-volt rather than the 24-volt. I think what we're seeing now, Walt, is that the 18-volt has become more of the consumer line or the serious DIY line. Ryobi is a fabulous name, too. Um, it's designed pretty much for the serious do-it-yourselfer or the consumer, and all that stuff is 18-volt. Same company, TTI, makes rigid at the 24-volt level, which is a lot you know, tougher and designed to take, a lot, take the abuse that a professional would throw at it every single day. And they make the full line of, of seven and a quarter saws and all that? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and once you buy into that, too, and you get into the battery line, then you can replace those, use the interchangeable batteries and run multiple tools on the same battery, too. Okay. Okay, Walter? All right. Thank you. Good all luck right, well, with good that. Good luck Thanks with your so business. Much. Yeah. Good luck with your business. Thanks. Thanks for calling the Money Pit. All right, Money Pit listeners, do you want to hire someone for a direct-it-yourself project? You know, not, where you not get... Not a do-it-yourself No, a, a direct-it-yourself where you hire somebody and you say, hey, do this for me, please, and thank you. Oh, hey, and by the way, I will pay you for it. Well, if you're worried about being taken for a ride, you need to do some things first. You need to check out MoneyPit.com. There we have all the do's and don'ts of home improvement for hire. It's one of the hundreds of articles and columns we've written in the repair and improve section. It's online at www.MoneyPit.com. And there, make sure you also sign up, if you haven't already, for our free e-newsletter. gets in your inbox every week, and it's chock-a-block full of wonderful information, so check it out. Tips, techniques, ideas for your home improvement projects, and some ideas that can even make your house smell a little better like this one. Hey, does your garbage disposal often smell like last night's P dinner? you. Yuck. Well, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to give you a recipe to kill odors and keep your disposal fresh no matter what's been on the menu. Money pit. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. <laughs> Eight-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. A loud voice pierces the air, alerting you to a fire. Introducing the Kiddo Wireless Smoke Sounder, a new way to provide extra warning for your family. The Smoke Sounder uses voice and special tones to better wake children and older adults, those most at risk in a fire. It plugs into a bedroom outlet and links with Kiddo Wireless Smoke Alarms so that when one sounds, all will sound, giving your family more warning and more time to escape. The Kiddo Wireless System. Know the sound of a safer home. Danger. Fire. Available at Lowe's and other retailers. 
Would you like to make cooking faster, safer, cleaner, and more efficient than ever before? If you're an everyday chef who wants it all for your kitchen, then Kenmore has the cooktop for you. Kenmore has introduced an induction cooktop that takes state-of-the-art innovation and makes it practical and affordable for your home. The Kenmore Elite 30-inch induction cooktop uses electromagnetic energy. Instead of heating burners with flames or coils, the cooktop induces heat directly to the pan so only the contents are heated. Pans heat almost instantly, producing far faster cooking results than conventional gas or electric cooktops. The Kenmore Elite induction cooktop has four cooking zones that accommodate up to a 12-inch pan and provide the same gourmet precision as a gas cooktop. They automatically sense if a pan is on the cooktop and won't turn on unless cookware is in its place. Plus, a special warm and serve feature allows each pan to hold a precisely low temperature after the food is cooked. The Kenmore Induction Cooktop is as fast and efficient as cooking gets. Learn more about how Kenmore is bringing innovation home at 1-888-KENMORE or visit your local Sears store. Kenmore, ideas for the good life. It's a big ladder that fits in a small box. Tired of lugging around your oversized, overweight, heavy ladder? Want a better solution? Then check out the amazing Telesteps telescoping ladder. It extends from 30 inches to 12 and a half feet in a matter of seconds. This ladder is lightweight and stores easily. The Telesteps ladder is on sale now for $229. Order now from R.E. Williams and we'll ship the ladder to you for free. Call us at 888-845-6597 or order online at rewci.com. of the Money Pit is being brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable prices, available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, one money pit so are you tired of smelling the foul odors that are emitted from uh, last night's dinner as they <laughs> waft up through your garbage disposal? You know what? It may have tasted really good the night before, <laughs> but I guarantee you it's not going to be smelling that great the next day. Well, here's what you need to do. To safely eliminate odors in your garbage disposal, simply flush it with a mixture of water and a half cup of baking soda. Now, do it once a week. You can also grind citrus peels for a clean, sort of fresh scent, but never use harsh commercial drain cleaners because a couple of things would happen. Number one, they could splash up and and burn you, burn your skin, burn your eyes. Well, they could also eat right through the piping. Well, they could. They could eat through the gaskets and the seals and things like that. So you never, ever, ever put in drain cleaners to clean a garbage disposal. And I also want to slay a common garbage disposal myth. And what is that? And that is that you cannot sharpen a garbage disposer. Well, how would you? Well, a lot of people think that you have to sharpen your disposer. but Are there actually you, blades you in there or are they grinders? They're kind of grinders. They're clubs. They beat your food to death. <laughs> they, don't, they don't grind it, so to speak. So it's like giant, super strong teeth, if you will. And that's true. And to be, to be ex- exceptionally accurate, uh, the, the thing that's in your sink that grinds food is known as a disposer. It's not known as a disposal, unless GE made it because it's their trademark, the disposal. So well, now you know. 
Well, lots of good Yet information. another fact from my font of useless knowledge. Well, exactly. I was just about to say you're the Cliff Clavin of home improvement, if anybody <laughs> else remembers. Cheers. Whole bunch of useless information, but hours of conversation. So, well, thank you. And always fun. That's why I'm at Home Improvement Radio. <laughs> I, I, found my, I found my calling. <laughs> and I just like to talk. <laughs> and why don't you find your calling? In fact, call this number, 1-888-MONEY, but let us help you with your home improvement questions. 1-888-666-3974. You know what happens when you call that number? What happens? If we answer your question on air, we're going to put your name into the Money Pit Hard Hat, where you have an opportunity to be the lucky winner of the Ryobi Multitasket. It's a super cool tool. It's got the air grip technology. It's going to stick to your wall. And then basically, it has a whole bunch of different attachments, which will help you accomplish a multitude of tasks. It's got a laser head attachment, which is going to rotate a laser level line 360 degrees. So it's great for installing chair rail, hanging pictures, tile, flooring, whatever you want to do. It's got a working light attachment. It's got a magnetic tray attachment, so you can put all your screws in there so you don't have to worry about losing things. And it even has like an extra hand grippy attachment, so it will help you to get projects done where you normally would need two people, so you can do it on your own. It's worth 50 bucks, but it's free for you if we pull your name out of the Money Pit hard hat. So good luck. one money pit Let's get back to the phones. Sharon, Missouri, do you have a broken pipe in your wall, or are you anticipating a problem? Well, we think it's a broken pipe in the wall. It's from my my washing machine. Okay. And um, so the, I haven't used it for a while because when I did, <clears throat> the water is coming out evidently between the wall because it was ended up on the floor downstairs. And we saw we, we found a, a wet spot on the ceiling downstairs, which is just below my washing machine. Huh. Now, is the washing machine itself leaking, or is it the pipe, like the drain pipe leaking? It doesn't look like the the washing machine is leaking, or, I mean, it, we're thinking it kind of looks like it's what's going down the wall and then right, out. Well, here's what you need to do. Uh-huh. The, um, behind the washing machine, you have the drain hose, right, and that sticks into a pipe or something. So see if you can figure out how to get a garden hose, like pull the drain hose out, Get a garden hose shoved in that pipe where you can you know turn on and off the water flow. If you have a um, a, uh, a a big sink laundry sink near that, usually the laundry sink has a, a spout on it where the aerator is that fits the garden hose. But anyway, it, you you can get a garden hose in there so that you can run some water down the drain pipe and see if you get any leakage below that. That's the first thing because now we now we're testing the drain pipe first. Um, the next thing is. Check the uh, supply lines. I presume that the rubber hoses are intact and not leaking and, and the water is going all the way through the washer itself. Yeah, it seems to be because I'm not getting water upstairs. It's not getting on the floor where my washer machine And you is. didn't turn off those faucets? They're still on? There's still water charged to the machine? Okay. Yeah, they're and, still on. Okay, so then if that was leaking, then you, you would have known that have water. That would have been a big snake and mess. All right, so if the drain is okay and the supply lines are okay, the only thing that's left is the washing machine. And so that could be a leak inside the washing machine itself, but you need to keep an eye on it and see if the, it's leaking out the bottom, and then at least you'll narrow down where it is. The big thing, though, would be to figure out if it's in the wall. If it is in the wall, then you know, you got to do some wall surgery there to expose it and figure out why it's leaking and fix it. Right, that's what we're kind of afraid of because I'm not getting water upstairs where my washing machine is. All the water is ending up downstairs. Right, of course, thanks to gravity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Sir Isaac Newton envisioned the uh, direction flow of water when he discovered gravity? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, putting a hole in your wall to find out what's going on with the pipes 
isn't the end of the world because repairing drywall is not the most difficult thing. Right, and it is drywall. And we figured, if nothing else, I mean, most of it was going to be hidden behind the washing machine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like it's in the middle of your dining room where all your friends are going to see it. I mean, you could do that, too. But, yeah, it's pretty low risk. But this this way you can figure out where it is first, okay? Okay. Sherry, thanks so much for calling us at the Money Pit. Janice, New Jersey is talking about cracks in the driveway. What happened? Yes, oh, a little bit upsetting. I have a concrete driveway, and uh, after a near-record rainfall all through the month of October, uh, I've noticed that there are cracks that have developed all the way across the width of the driveway. We did have, I don't know whether this uh, has anything to do with it, before this record rainfall, we had an extremely hot and dry August and September. So uh, now uh, these cracks are really pretty disturbing and wondering what I should do about it. I'm hoping it's not a case where I have to take the whole driveway up and replace it. Well, how old is this driveway, Janice? That I don't know. I uh, moved into this house this past summer. Is it a newer house? or? It was built in the 50s. Okay. Well, you're not going to be able to repair the cracks. I mean, you're never going to put the concrete back together again. The best you can do is to caulk them. I would use a flowable urethane caulk uh, with those cracks, available at home centers, and, and basically, you're, you're filling them in with a caulk that's uh, similar in color. The fact that you did have an incredibly hot summer, you know, means that the earth was very, very dry. Coupled and then with all that very... water caused it to shift, which exactly. caused the cracks. Like, things were settling and moving. Yeah, and once that water gets under those slabs, then it just has, it just kind of slides down the hill, so to speak. Now, if the driveway is put in with expansion and contraction joints, that won't happen, but... You know, this driveway was, was not done that way, and, and that's why you've got that movement. So the best you can do right now is just to seal those cracks, and you're doing that for cosmetics. You're also doing it so that you prevent the water from getting into those cracks and further separating the spots. Because if the water gets in there, and then in the wintertime it freezes, it'll push those slabs apart. Even though they're big and heavy slabs of concrete, it'll actually push them apart, or the water can get under it and push them up and cause what's called a frost heave, and that's a big stinking mess, too. So the best thing for you to do is to simply seal it up with caulk. Okay. And just uh, make sure that it's level. Is, is there? Yeah, should you use something like those tools that level out the cement when you're doing concrete or cement work? Well, you're kind of past that now because the concrete's already there and in and dry and hard. So all you're trying to do is just seal it. Now, if the slabs start to lift, then... You know, that's a different problem, and, and we could talk about that at a different time. But if you're just talking about um, a section that is just cracked, then all you need to do is to fill that in with the flowable urethane caulk and uh, just maintain it that way. Okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-MONEY-PIT. portion of the Money Pit is being brought to you by Kenmore, makers of the Kenmore Elite Induction Cooktop, which cooks food faster and more efficiently than gas or electric ranges. To learn more, visit your local Sears store or call 1-888-KENMORE. Now, here's Tom and Leslie. 
So are you a riddler, Leslie? You like puzzles and riddles? Oh, I'm a big puzzle junkie. You are? Well, I well, am. Before, before the break, we posed a little riddle to you. What luxury bath item was invented in 1857? I'm guessing plumbing. Hmm. No, I, I think they had plumbing before 1857. At least I, I hope they did. But I guess it depends on whether or not you count the outhouse. I bet our next guest, though, would know the answer. She is Joan Cohn, host of HGTV's Kitchen Design and Bed and Bath Design, and also the offer of It's Your Kitchen and It's Your Bed and Bath. Joan joins us with tips to create a luxurious bathroom on any budget. Hi, Joan. Hello, Tom and Leslie. Hi. So what's the answer? What was created in 1857? Well, it's a very interesting answer. Okay. Uh, toilet paper. <laughs> and, and the reason it's so interesting to me is because, of course, I mean, nobody I know thinks of toilet paper as a luxury these days. So every design choice you make kind of defines what you think is really a necessity and what you think is a luxury. And today, well, it makes me wonder what were they using before they invented toilet yeah, well, paper. Well, you know, I think all manner of things—vegetable, uh, mineral, you name it, <laughs> human. Uh, Yuck. But today, people I think use uh, something like uh, twenty thousand eight hundred sheets of toilet paper a year per person. Yeah, per person. Wow. Isn't that interesting? And and in the 50s, when I was growing up, you know that you mentioned outhouses, Tom? There yeah. were 50 million functioning, working outhouses. And, wow. and now an outhouse is like a like a collector's item. Huh. Now it was just in the 50s, which doesn't seem that long ago. No, it doesn't seem that long ago. Well, I guess this all means that there's been a lot of changes. And uh, and now more than ever, the architecture is, is changing quite a bit. So... Um, where are we going with bathroom design today? What should people be thinking about as they're tackling those plumbing makeovers? Well, it's interesting that you mention architecture because it uh, used to be that we just accepted that our bathroom was a small little room, you know, sort of centrally located, and it was shared by a lot of people. That wasn't so long ago for many of us growing up. We shared bathrooms. And today the bathroom uh, is no longer the kind of... Um, Oh, functional little room that's kind of a, a design afterthought where you sort of go in and, and clean and brush your teeth and do, you know, do your morning rituals. Today it's become really like a, a spa destination for people. And even when they can't uh, make, a, make a five-room master suite bathroom, you know, with, which would be wonderful, they are, the, the whole attitude about the bathroom has changed. And they, it's becoming a far more refined room, uh, a place where people want to go, and a a room that people want to show off, and, and also one of the most important rooms for resale. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I think many of our listeners are in my shoes. I've got a, a bathroom that's probably, I don't know, maybe seven feet by seven feet in our upstairs hall. It's got a bathtub. It's got a toilet. It's got a vanity and a linen closet. I don't really see many options for changing that room. I can't move the walls. I can't turn it into a master bedroom suite. What about somebody that has just a small bathroom? How can they change it maybe to update the look, make it more functional? Well, the first thing you can do is really take a really good look and don't be so sure. Don't, don't uh, be so sure that the things that you assume about the space are really true until you really look uh, at everything just beyond the boundary of your room because you may have an additional hall closet or your lifestyle may have changed and you may have room you can borrow from if your kids are now in college or married. You may have half a room or even a whole room that you might want to incorporate into that space. Well, actually, my kids are too small to complain, so maybe I'll just steal the room now, <laughs> and they won't notice it later. <laughs> you can trade. Use their larger room for your bathroom and give them the smaller space that's in the bathroom. You know, come to think of it, I think my little one could just about fit in the bathtub, put a little cushion in there and a pillow. We may be onto something here. You're like it doubles as a bedroom. <laughs> 
Uh, but, but, you know, one of the advantages of having a small space is that when you decide that you want to refine that space um, and, you, and you want to do that maybe by choosing some finer materials than you currently have in your bathroom, it costs you less because there's less square footage. and You, you need less of it. You need less of it. And uh, one of the tips I always like to tell people is uh, to be discriminating in terms of where you want to splurge. And if there's something like... Um, maybe a beautiful chandelier or uh, some finer wall covering or a little bit of uh, fine marble or granite that you'd like to put around your sink. Maybe, you know, uh, you, you can splurge on that and then pull back on the rest of your design uh, and your, the eye will be drawn to the area where your focal point is, which is often the vanity in a small bathroom, and so splurge on that. And then, you know, uh, with paint uh, properly chosen, which is a very affordable thing, you can... Refine a small space and give it a lot of uh, design jolt for, you know, and control your budget at the same time. Well, a lot of these building materials sound like luxurious items. Why do you think so many consumers are making a trend towards these items of luxury? Well, you know, we've become so well educated. Uh, we see it. Uh, it used to be that uh, fine design and these ultra-luxurious materials were for the very wealthy and the elite. But there's a great big de- design democracy out there today. And once you've seen it, I mean, look what HGTV has done to, for all of us, you know, uh, and, and the um, shelter magazines as well. We just see it all. And uh, good design is not only aesthetically ad- addictive because it's so beautiful, but once you've started living with things that are well-designed and beautiful materials... You get spoiled for them. Well, you understand that it, it's not even being spoiled. You're, you're elevated to the point where you understand the comfort. You know, there's such a thing as practical utility, you know, extravagant utility, where the function is enhanced because the material is better. It may be easier to take care of when it's a, real, you know, a solid piece of uh, granite uh, rather than something that's less expensive and, and maybe more porous and, and will accept stains. So there is a lot of value that once you come to understand it in fine design, yeah, you are spoiled. And uh, so uh, the, the trick is to work within the realities of your budget and the realities of your life. But think outside the box. Yes, dream big, I like to say. Dream big and dream large. Part of that dreaming will take you to a higher level. And, and it isn't always about money, really. It's often about your attitude and how you make your choices and how discriminating you are. Joan Cohn, host of HGTV's Kitchen Design and Bed and Bath Design. Joan, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. For more information on Joan and her work and her book, you can go to her website at joancohn.com. That's J-O-A-N-K-O-H-N.com. Money Pit! Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. <laughs> But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Let's talk about some cold, hard facts. Winter's coming, and it's going to cost a bundle to heat your home. But there is a way to heat effectively, efficiently, and cleanly. For over a year, Leslie and I have been telling you about Riker Room Conditioners, ceiling fans that heat and cool. The heating element is above the blades. It's controlled by a remote that controls your temperature setting. 
It's a ceiling fan, so it only heats the rooms you use when you use them. It heats quickly and operates on electricity and costs as little as five cents an hour to operate. With this winter's predictions of record high heating costs, that's a nickel well spent. Check them out today at Menards, Ace, Blaine's, and selected Home Depots and Lowe's. Or for more information and additional dealers, visit HeatingFans.com or call 1-866-4-REIKER. That's 1-866-4-REIKER. Did you know that the air inside your home can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside? No matter how clean you keep your home, it's littered with harmful contaminants like viruses, bacteria, and mold, pet dander, dust, and pollen. Contaminants that cause illness and make allergies and asthma much more severe. Thankfully, there's a way to make your home healthy. The April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. Using the best air cleaning technology available, April Air is the only whole home air cleaner that effectively removes harmful contaminants, even viruses, from the air your family breathes. And that makes your whole home a comfortable, healthy place to be. Your family deserves the best, so why not give them the best? Make your whole home healthier with the April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. Today, all Americans are feeling the pinch of high energy prices. And this winter, the cost of heating your home could account for nearly half of your energy bill. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman with steps you can take to save money and make your home more energy efficient. First, give your home furnace or heat pump a checkup to ensure it's running as efficiently as possible. Proper insulation in attic, ceilings, floors, crawl spaces, and exterior and basement walls can save 30% on your home energy bill. And insulate the heating ducts even in unheated areas of your house. Finally, installing a programmable thermostat will ensure you don't pay for energy you aren't using. Program the thermostat down to 65 degrees for eight hours a day to reduce your heating bill by up to 10%. You have the power to make a difference. You can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. For more energy efficiency tips, please visit our website at www.doe.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. This portion of the Money Pit is being brought to you by Kida, the leader in home fire safety. Kida, technology that saves lives. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. One eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Well, it's probably the largest horizontal surface in your kitchen, except for the floors. That is, it's your countertop, and it takes a lot of abuse. And if you've rubbed it the wrong way, you may be looking at some dings, some dents, some scratches, some chips, some nicks, and those are all bad things, but they can be fixed. Yep, there's hope yet. You can actually smooth those things out. You need to do some things, though, before you begin the repair. You need to make sure you prepare the surface in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions. And then with a bit of sanding and a special top coat, you can make that laminate countertop look like new. One eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemmas just like that, and you could win the Ryobi Multitasket. It's a cool new product from Ryobi that includes revolutionary air grip technology. 
imagine a tool that can stick to the wall all by itself that does the following things. It can hold loose screws so you have like an extra tray. It can act as an extra hand to help you hang some molding. You can attach a laser to it so you can shoot a level line all the way across the wall. And you can add a work light to it so you can see in dark places. That are That is just a small sampling of the things that the multitask it can do it's available at the home depot for 50 bucks but we're going to give one away this hour in the program if you call us at one eight 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 money pit tom in texas listens to the money pit on kfnc and you want to talk about hardy planks so how can we help uh, my question is on i have some fiberboard siding now uh, existing on my house sorry it's to hear that my house <laughs> yeah, my my house is probably about uh, fifteen years old. Right towards towards the bottom of that siding, it's it's a little rotted. Right. It does that siding go directly to the ground? No, no, it does not. No, there's probably all the way around the house. It's you've got your the slab, so it stopped right at the slab, which is probably about six to eight inches up. Okay, that's good. Right. And and so what I wanted to do um, was. Uh, saw off probably about anywhere from 12 to 18 inches of that where that bad spot is and mm-hmm. replace that with uh, treated plywood. Okay. You probably don't have to go treated plywood as long as it's well above grade. But you, that you're doing the right thing. Basically, you want to saw off the soft, rotted, deformed parts and then put a material on there that's uh, similar in thickness that's going to give you a good nailing surface. And then once that's there, then you can add a vapor barrier and then put your hardy plank siding on top of that. Are you using shingles or using the clapboard? Uh, Now, we're we're talking about the the, the siding itself. Now, when you say you threw me off when you said, am I using shingles or sideboards? The hardy plank comes in, in, in long, like, clapboard sections, or it comes in individual shingles. Yes, sir. I've thought about the shingles. Yes, sir, the shingles. Okay. I've been told that's easier to work with. Well, yeah, it is, and they're four feet long, and they're and they're and they you put them twenty four inches off center, so they're very easy. I've been using that myself on a building that I'm working on, and it looks terrific when it's all done. And it's okay. sturdy. It's a good product. Yeah, it's terrific, especially for uh, you know the Houston area. It really stor- stands up to the storms. If you had a a, a windstorm or a, a hurricane and stuff was blowing around, it really takes a licking. Okay. Well, super. What about the last thing is, is Tyvek? Just using Tyvek on there? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great product, and it's a great vapor barrier, and you can put that on top of the fiberboard and on top okay. of the, the repaired area and then put the shingles right directly over that. Okay. One last thing would be, should I should I pressure wash it and then spray a mildew resistant on the fiberboard before I put the Tyvek on? No, because once you take the moisture, once you take the uh, the uh, uh, moisture away by having better siding on it, it's not going to be an issue. That fiberboard siding, the re- reason I was kidding you on about it before was because you know obviously what you've experienced is what everyone's experienced on fifteen year old fiberboard or composition siding. It essentially melts when it gets wet. It gets saturated. It gets soft, and it and it deteriorates turns the real mush so you know once you are have that all covered it's just going to basically act as a sheathing and there's really no concern about further deterioration well i tell you what y'all have answered my question thank y'all you're welcome tom thanks so much for uh, listening to us on kfnc in houston texas 1-888-MONEYPIT-888-666-3974 
Okay, well, judging by the response to a website we've mentioned recently, many of you listening out there have pets, and a lot of you... Not only do they have pets, they have pets with particularly uh, problems. (laughs) (laughs) They have pets that don't know that they should do certain things outside and certain things inside. (laughs) And certain things should not be done on the carpet or on the upholstery. (laughs) Yeah. And certain things should probably not be talked about on a radio show. But exactly. It's heck? like you almost don't want to admit that it happens, but if it does happen, we can help you. So when we get back, make sure you get out your pen and paper, and I'm going to tell you exactly what that website is and what you can do there. So stay with us. portion of the money that is being brought to you by Riker Room Conditioners, available at all Menards, selected Lowe's, and Home Depots, and as a special order in all Lowe's and Home Depot stores. Or contact Riker at www.heatingfans.com or call 1-866-4-RIKER, that's R-E-I-K-E-R, for additional information. 888-666-3974 is the telephone number. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Give us a call right now if you have a home improvement question or log on to moneypit.com. All right. Well, you can also email us at helpmeatmoneypit.com. And Heather in California writes, Leslie, me, gave the name of a product that takes pet stains and odors out of carpeting. But when I grabbed a pen and paper to write it down, I forgot the name. Could you tell me again? All right, folks, it's called justwrite.com. And it's J-U-S-T-R-I-T-E.com. And if you go with the one, two, three kit, it's got everything you need. So many products, but they really all serve a specific purpose. And when you use them all together... Not that my pet has had any accidents in the house, nor did I have a need to purchase the product, but let's say I did and I used it. It works really, really well, and you will just be thrilled with the results. And I know it's embarrassing, but, you know, we all have to deal with these things. Yeah, unless you can train your dog. Well, or your cat. Uh, okay, there's that option, too. Ne- next email. Richard in Maryland <laughs> writes, I'm going to ignore that completely. Richard in Maryland writes, my sump pump won't shut off. I've replaced the switch, which worked for about a month. I suspect a bad switch. We see that all the time in auto repair, but the symptoms are exactly the same as before. So I'm thinking I should replace the whole unit. What do you think? Well, you know, if that motor isn't working right and maybe it's pulling too much power, that could be what's causing the switch to break down. So, yeah, I would I would uh, lean towards replacing the entire uh, sump pump, Richard. But, you know, uh, if you're dealing with a water problem, I hope you also are working on and, and lessening the amount of water that gets to your basement in the first place. Because if you're going to use a, a sump pump that often, chances are there's something not right outside. Your gutters are clogged. Your downspouts are, are turned. Your grating is bad. Something. Yeah, the down, exactly. The downspouts are dumping right at the corner of the foundation. You need to really look at all of those things and reduce the volume of water. Because remember, the sump pump only works to take water out after it's gone through the soil, through the foundation wall, maybe under the footing and up into your floor area. And by the time it's gone all of those places, it's already done a lot of damage. Your humidity is higher in the basement. That causes mold and allergy problems. What a huge mess. Yeah, the water is against the outside wall. That water will freeze and push on the wall. It can cause cracking. So, you know, if you got water in your sump pump, folks, you really need to look at ways to reduce that volume. And the place to look is outside. Always look outside first. 
I mean, it may not even be obvious to you. It might be that you have a lot of mulch around, that you have brick scalloping, brick edging, or, or railroad ties edging around the house. Maybe you've got a ton of landscaping. You know, topsoil is great for the bushes, but it's lousy for the drainage. So all of those things need to be looked at to reduce the volume inside your house. Yeah, those are great tips. Really think about outside in. It's a good way to think about for yourself, and it's a good thing to think about for your house. Good tips, Tom. Well, of the dozens and dozens of things that we get asked about in this program, the number one topic, believe it or not, is floors. We have more floor questions that come into the Money Pit than anything else. And that's why on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word, you've got some tips on how to keep those floors looking new. It's true. Well, in many areas, hard flooring has replaced carpeting as the material of choice underfoot. And if you've got hardwood floors, they're very popular. But if you've got them, you really need to think about how to clean them because you need to use the proper thing for the type of floor. And wood and water just don't mix. So when cleaning hardwood floors, you want to use a warm water and 5% vinegar solution. Make sure you wring the sponge or mop twice to avoid any puddling or seepage. And for pre-finished hardwood floors, you want to clean and wax with products offered or recommended by the manufacturer manufacturer so you don't have any void on your warranties, which is very important. Either way, never slosh or oversaturate any of your hardwood surfaces. And if you do these, you're going to enjoy this product for a long, long time. So enjoy your floors and love them right. So sloshing is bad. Sloshing is bad. (laughs) Right. Well, that's all the time we have on this hour of the program. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 